add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Leia Healthcare Looking after you always Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, for this week's episode, I am delighted to welcome back Dr. Jason Fung to the show. Dr. Fung is a Toronto-based nephrologist and a world leader expert in intermittent fasting. He was on a couple of weeks ago and the show was such a big hit with our listeners, we thought we would have him back on this time to chat about all about intermittent fasting, why it's so unpopular, why it's so important, and really what it can do for your health. Dr. Jason Fung, welcome back to Real Health. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Not at all. It's great to have you back on. Before we get stuck into intermittent fasting, how are things in Toronto? How's life over there? Well, it's all right. I mean, we're seeing a lot of uh, COVID patients now as well. So, you know, but not as much, um, not as many people in hospital and not as many people uh, sort of dying. So the deaths are not as bad as they were in March, April. So that's a good thing. So hopefully things will pass. This Hopefully this wave will pass, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as what we're seeing here. We've, we've high case numbers, but low death rates. And uh, we've gone back into a second lockdown over here. So people are listening for all things health. They're trying to get them. They've got six weeks of a lockdown <laughs> to get healthy and get their health back on track, which is why an episode like this is so important. So first of all, let's kick it off. Um, what is intermittent fasting? People have heard lots about it. Um, so let's start there. What is it and what, what does it do for people? Yeah, so fasting is really just any time that you don't eat is fasting. And that's basically it. So there's nothing sort of wrong about it or it doesn't, you know, we're not talking about having to do 40 days and 40 nights. Really, it's any time you don't eat. And it's really just a part of everyday life. That is, there's a period that you should eat and there's a period of time that you should not eat. And that's where the word breakfast comes in, right? It's the meal that breaks your fast, which implies that you have to fast. You can't break your fast unless you fast. So therefore, the point is that it's this natural cycle, right? And your grandmother might have said in the past, like, you know, you need time to digest, right? That's basically what you're trying to do. So the point is that your body sort of exists in one of two states in terms of energy. You're either trying to store food energy or you have to use the food energy that you've stored. So this is you're either in the fed state or you're in the fasted state, right? So when you eat, certain hormones go up, predominantly insulin, and it tells your body to store that food energy. So you eat dinner, your body automatically switches and starts to store food energy. So your your body stores it in the form of sugar that is in your liver. There's something called glycogen and stores it as body fat. So you store those calories that you're eating because at the time you're eating dinner, for example, you're eating way more than you can actually use at that moment in time. So you're going to store some of that away. When you don't eat or when you fast, then your body is going, your insulin is going to fall. And that's the signal for your body to start pulling those calories sort of back out from your, your sugar stores or back out from your fat stores and use it for your heart and your liver and your kidneys and all that kind of thing. And that's the reason you don't die in your sleep every single night 
because you have this ability to store it. So when you eat, you store it. When you don't eat, you sort of use it. So the point is that it's a natural cycle. There's nothing wrong with it. It's something that people should be doing every day, but it has been sort of lost to the mists of time. So it's, it's, it's not something I just made up. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. And it's what allowed us to survive as a species when there was some food shortages, which happens periodically, usually during the winter, right? So what we're talking about is if you don't eat, your body is going to use stored energy. So if you are overweight or if you have type 2 diabetes where your sugar is very high, your blood sugar is very high, then simply let your body use it. If you have too much body fat, that is the, the, the disease of obesity, then what is simpler than letting your body use that body fat because that is precisely the reason you carry it. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with not eating and using your body fat. If you were a caveman and there was no food, that's what would have happened. You would have used your body fat. So that is the entire point of intermittent fasting because for the last sort of 50 years, what's happened is that we've argued sort of endlessly about food, like eat low-fat food or eat high-fat food or low-protein or high-protein. or You know, we get in these debates about, you know, is avocados good for you or bad for you or nuts good for you or bad for you? And that's a completely separate topic. That's the question of what you're eating. It has nothing to do with fasting because fasting is really about the period of the day that you eat and the period of the time of the day that you don't eat. And what we're talking about is if you are overweight, then you can simply extend that period of fasting, which is letting your body use your stored calories because it had to get in there, you know, at one point. Now we're trying to take it back out. You can extend that period of fasting and let your body use it. And that's really all that fasting is. It's a very natural process. And for some reason, people thought it was like the worst thing you could do for yourself which is slightly ridiculous because, you know, it's, it's everywhere you can look in, you know, if you go back to sort of, um, you know, the, 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 the ancients, you know, the ancient Greeks talked about it, it's talked about in the Bible, it's talked about in Islam, it's talked about in the Buddhist and the traditions and the, you know, Muslim traditions and the Hindu traditions, you know, so, so it's everywhere. And all of a sudden, we thought for some reason that it was the worst thing you could do for your health when it actually, it's actually just a natural part of life. And there are different types of intermittent fasting. It varies in terms of the quantity of time that you eat within and the quantity of time that you fast within. Just talk us through those different variations, because presumably, naturally, if you're getting that eight hours a night that people talk about, you're fasting for a minimum of eight hours over the course of a 24-hour period. But we're looking for kind of more than that. And just talk us through the different options. Yeah, so there's two basic ways that fasting can change. You can either change what's allowed during the fasting period and you can change the period of time. That's really the only two variables. So when you're talking about the period of time, if you go back to the 1970s and the way that people ate in the 1970s, what you found was that people ate dinner around 6 p.m. because you know people ate relatively earlier when the, you know the, the family would sort of, they tend to eat a bit earlier than nowadays. So 6 p.m. and then you'd eat breakfast, say, 7 or 8 a.m. So you're talking about a period of fasting, which is 12 to 14 hours every single night. And that wasn't considered, like nobody even thought about it. 
that was just the normal period of fasting is 12 to 14 hours, right? And if you wanted, uh, you know, a bedtime snack, your mom would say, no, one, we don't have those snacks. And two, you should have ate more at dinner, right? There, there, there's no, 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 no thought that you should actually eat before you go to bed. It's like, why would you want to do that, right? What are you doing in your sleep that you need to eat? Um, so the point is that that's sort of the baseline. We've fallen far away from that because we've basically gone from sort of 12 to 14 hours every single night, like sort of every person in the country doing 12 to 14 hours every day without thinking about it to sort of around eight to nine hours these days. So most people eat right up until the point they go up, go to sleep and then they sleep and then they eat as soon as they wake up because they think that you have to. So the point is that if, if you think about that 12 to 14 hours of baseline, you can actually do very well. So again, in the 70s, people were eating all kinds of stuff, right? They were eating uh, white bread and they're eating, you know, lots of uh, meat or whatever they wanted. They weren't eating and they weren't watching their diets particularly, but yet at the same time, there was relatively little obesity because as long as you're having a period of time that you're not eating, you're going to use those calories that you eat. So if you want to lose weight now, so say you've gotten a little heavy and now you want to lose weight, you can push yourself up to 16 hours of fasting, which is called time-restricted eating. It's not hugely powerful because you're only going from what should have been 12 to 14 hours up to 16 hours, right? So you're only bumping it up by a tiny amount. And usually you do that every day, but some people do very well on that uh, because their you know problem was that they sort of ate all the time um and that that works for some people if if that doesn't work you can then push it up further and so instead of having this 16 hour fast which is an eight hour eating window you can push it up to 20 or 24 hours for example so another very popular strategy for example would be 24 hours uh, fast which is a one meal a day so if you go from dinner to dinner, so you eat at 7 p.m. and then you eat again at 7 p.m. That's about a 23, 24 hour fast, and you would eat one meal and that would be it. So, again, very, very easy to do, fits into a sort of normal working schedule extremely easily, and yet gives you good benefits because, of course, it's not, um, it's not easy to sort of eat so much in one meal you tend to get full so therefore you're, you're 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 letting your body hopefully use up some of the the body fat that it carries on it so again very good strategy and then you can go out from there really there's no upper limit practically of how long you can fast for you can go for three days you can go for five days you can go for seven days as you go up the it's going to be more powerful of course but then you know potential for going wrong there's more side effects and other things so there are there are other things that you have to consider as you go up intermittent fasting so when we used to talk about fasting in the 60s and 70s people were talking about like 60 days 30 days like that's what people talk about fasting because remember 14 hours was your baseline so you know, the, 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 the 20 hours, they, they didn't even consider that fasting because, you know, if you were, you know, if you were like a naughty boy and you got sent to bed without dinner and that's like, okay, so you're talking about a 22 hour fast sort of thing because you went from 12 to like eight. So therefore they wouldn't consider any of this sort of shorter durations fasting back in the 60s, 70s. So when they talked about fasting, it was long. 
we don't do that anymore just because it's harder to do and then there's no reason why you couldn't do shorter ones but you can run the whole gamut you can do intermittent fasting which is shorter in duration but more frequent all the way up to longer and you know there's no right or wrong answer you just see what you what you need what your body needs and you can do it so th those are the sort of different variations so 168 is sort of a very modestly you know if you only want to lose a few pounds it's fine 24 hours starts to get a little bit more powerful if you really want quick results fast results you can do longer fast uh, as long as you're feeling well and doing well there's no problem with it and for people who would consider that to be over the top uh which for, personally i'm not sure but some may think that in terms of how they're going to feel in terms of mood in terms of you know having kind of energy dips and stuff during the day what would you say to that yeah so in terms of over the top so again you have to say okay let's think about what's physiologically possible if you don't eat for say five days that seems very extreme to a lot of people because they've never done it well, you have to say, okay, what's the physiological cost of that? So how many calories do you need? Because you're getting your calories from your body fat, right? That's where you're going to supply all your energy from. You need about uh, one pound of fat is about 3,500 calories. And you need about, we'll say 1,800. So you burn about half a pound of fat for one day of fasting, Okay, so if somebody, so you take an average person who needs to lose weight, and that's why they're doing this, or they're 200 pounds, and they're, you know, 40, 50% body fat, because they're, they're, that's the reason they're trying to lose weight. Um, you're talking about like 80 pounds of body fat that they're carrying. And to do one five-day fast, you need two and a half pounds. That's it. Like, you're not even close to the limits of what you can do. So, you know, in terms of what you need, you say, well, maybe you need vitamins. Well, you can take a vitamin supplement. It's no problem. But this is how we survived like cavemen and, you know, cave women is there were going to be times where there just was no food and they did okay because the actual, what you actually require in terms of energy is not that much. So physiologically, is that possible? Yes. Uh, socially, it's more difficult and certainly it's not easy if you haven't sort of done it in the past. It's not something that, that, that most people can get their heads around. Then you can simply work your way up to it. And, but if you don't want to, you don't need to either. You could do, say, 24-hour fast. The strange part about fasting is that as a doctor, I actually tell people to fast all the time. And so if you need to do blood work, you need to fast. If you go for surgery, you have to fast. If you do a colonoscopy, you have to fast. If you're post-surgery, you have to fast. If you come in with any kind of major illness, you're often fasting. So we fast people all the time. And guess what? They do very well. So it's not like there's something magical and dangerous about it. In terms of energy, people always think, oh, I'm going to have no energy. That's not how the body works. The body is going to get the energy that it needs from somewhere. If you eat, it's going to use the food that you eat. If you don't eat, it's going to use your body fat. So here again, okay, so you say you have a person with, you know, 80 pounds of body fat, right? You're talking about like 200 plus thousand calories of energy sitting in their body fat. So that's like saying you have $240,000. You say, sorry, I can't spare a dollar for you. I can't do it. It's like, what are you talking about? You have $240,000 in your wallet and you can't spare one? 
It's like, well, why would you think you have no energy? Your body is going to go in to your fat stores and take as much energy as it needs to survive. That's what's going to happen. In fact, fasting, this, people, this is something that people always think, get wrong. When you look at the physiology of fasting, like what happens in your body during fasting, as insulin falls, what happens is your body starts to activate itself. So the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight response, actually becomes activated. So your noradrenaline goes up, your growth hormone goes up. Your body's not shutting down. Your body is actually ramping itself up. So people have more energy when they fast. They actually have, some people have trouble sleeping because they have, they have so much energy. And the reason is that if you're a caveman, say there's no food, you're a caveman or a cavewoman, and you don't eat, but you have fat stores uh, on your body, body fat stores, then what would the body do? Like suppose you don't eat and your body starts to shut down. Well, it's going to be even harder to find food because you need to go and hunt. So your body's not that stupid, and we wouldn't have survived if that's what we did. So what happens is that the body simply switches its fuel source from food to body fat. So now you've switched your fuel sources, and you actually increase the amount of energy that you put out. So if you measure basal metabolic rate, so the number of calories you expend in a day, and you measure the VO2, which is how much energy your body is using, oxygen the body's using. They did this uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a scientific study, and they measured people from, you know, sort of baseline, and then after four days of fasting, so no food for four days, and their metabolic rate went up by 10%. They were burning 10% more calories every day compared to when they didn't eat anything at all. So your body's not shutting down. And you saw the same thing with the VO2. How much work is your body actually doing? It's going up. And it's because your body actually pulls energy out from a different source and ramps up its energy. Like if you have a huge meal, like at Christmas or Thanksgiving or something, it's not like you have so much energy. All you can do is sort of lie down and watch some TV. That's about it. And you see this in animals too. Like if you have... Uh, a lion who just ate. It's not like super energetic. It's just lying there right? and it can't do anything. If you have a hungry wolf that's looking at you, that's a very dangerous animal. Why? Because it's zoned in, it ramped its body up because, of, because it hasn't eaten and you know, it's supplying the energy to its muscles, to its concentration from its body fat so it can kill you. That's the whole point. That's why the hungry wolf is so dangerous. So what we're saying is that we want to be the hungry wolf. That's the state that we want to be in. We don't want to be that lion that just ate and it's just, you know, lounging around and can't do anything and so on. So people say, oh, I won't have energy. I can't concentrate. I can't work. Of course you can work. What do you think the body's going to do? You know, turn you into a blubbering idiot? No, you're going to generate the energy that you need from the stores. And most people have way too much. That's the whole point. That's the whole reason why they're doing it. If they're, if they're type 2 diabetic and their sugars are high, you're going to burn off that sugar. Well, hey, that's perfect. If you burn off that sugar, you're not going to need medications for your type 2 diabetes. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. For, for most people who are going to work off, say, 16-8 or something within, you know, on a normal day-to-day -day basis, 
Chat to me around fluid and in terms of, you know, water intake, uh, in terms of tea, coffee intake and things like that. Yeah, so you basically should drink fluids because there's two processes here. One is, uh, you know, food energy and the other is dehydration. So if you don't drink anything, you could get dehydrated. Your body will supply, you know, the calories from the body fat. Um, but it doesn't supply water. So you can't get dehydrated. So you need to make sure that you drink if you're thirsty. On the other hand, your body actually starts to dump a lot of water when you do the fasting. So people often notice that they're not having as much bloating. They're, you know, they're, they're actually peeing more. And that's just a normal physiologic effect of that. Some people even go as far as getting diarrhea. Their body starts dumping a lot of water. So you just need to make sure you're, you're, you're replacing it. On the other hand, if you drink too much, you, you may just sort of perpetuate that problem. Um, and that, that's one of the reasons why, because the body's dumping a lot of water, is that you get this sort of rapid drop in body weight very quickly. So if you do, say, a five-day fast, for example, you'll, you, you're going to use two and a half pounds of body fat, but you'll lose like five pounds. The rest of that is water. So what will happen is that you'll go down five or six pounds and then you'll regain like three of that right because that's all just water weight so the 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 you should stay hydrated just because you want to avoid that on the other hand for shorter fasts it tends to be less of a problem because you know we'll eat in 24 hours or 30 hours so the you know just 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 keep that in mind most many people are not that hungry you know and so so so, so drinking something like tea or coffee is also very good. That is, if you get a bit of hunger, you can go get yourself a nice big cup of green tea, for example. By the time you by the time you drink it, the hunger will have sort of passed. I mean, hunger is probably the biggest concern. People say, I'm gonna get hungry. Yes, you will get hungry. There's no way around that. But you have to understand that hunger comes as a wave. So it sort of comes on, and then if you don't eat, it actually passes. So this is a very interesting thing where we, uh, one study where they looked at fasting and ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. So the higher your ghrelin, the, the, the more hungry you are. Well, if turns out that if you, you know, don't eat, so say you skip lunch, your ghrelin goes up, so you get hungry. And uh, what happens when you don't eat? Well, it actually, by, by sort of three or four hours after, your hunger level actually goes down right to baseline, which is very interesting. And we've all done this, of course, where one day you got so busy, you worked right through lunch and you're hungry for a little bit, but you're so busy, you just kept working, right? You, we, you know, as doctors, we do this when we get so busy or, you know, sometimes when you're doing some uh, home, home improvement, you're painting or something, your house, and you just get so busy, you just go right through. Well, you get hungry at 12 o'clock, but by four, it's like, huh, I don't remember if I ate or not. Why? Because your body actually went into your stores and took that sort of lunch portion and just used it. So if you had extra sugar, you burned it. If you, extra, if you didn't have that, you used your body fat. So you basically ate your lunch from your own body fat, which is perfect. That's exactly what we want. So hunger is an issue, and you have to be aware of that. But you have to also know that that, that will just pass. I mean, it's not going to keep building and building. Everybody assumes that it just keeps building and building. Is it fair to say that how we eat now is more habitual slash marketing slash, you know, that as opposed to actual hunger? That we don't really eat because we're hungry anymore. It's more, it's a habit yeah. and we're told to eat at a certain time. Therefore, we do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you, um, it's, you know, and, and I think it's gotten worse in the last sort of 10 years, 
where people get hysterical if you don't eat breakfast. So for example, you know, the French and the Italians, they were notorious for not eating breakfast, right? You go to Italy and they drink this little tiny minuscule cup of espresso and that was like their breakfast, right? And now, so it's like, of course, so if you're not eating, like all you're getting is coffee, there's no calories in that. So they'd go right through until lunchtime. And guess what? They were perfectly fine. Nothing happened. Nobody died. But like, then you get to America and people like practically scream at you if you skip breakfast. <laughs> if you suggest this to like kids and stuff, they'll like go nuts on you. So it's like, okay, so even if you're not hungry at breakfast, you get like yelled at that you have to eat something. It's like, okay, but why? Your body's telling you, you don't need to eat. It's like, I got it covered. I have enough energy to get you going, no worries. And if, but if you, if you try to listen to your body, like the French and the Italians did, somebody would yell at you and say, oh, you're going to die and you're going to get heart disease and stuff. It's like, why would your body want to do that? Like, it's just using the calories that you've stored. And if you have stored too much, then it's a good thing, not a bad thing. So yes, absolutely. It's one of these things where people just get into the, you know, they're, they're in the habit. It's lunchtime. So you eat, even if you're not hungry, it's dinner time, So you eat, even if you're not hungry and it's, it's okay. If, except that if you are overweight and obese and type two diabetic, well, then it's a big problem because your the solution to your problem is not to eat more or it's to eat less. I mean, it's so ridiculous that people tell you you should eat six small meals a day, eight small meals a day. One, there's no scientific evidence. And two, think about the advice that we're giving. You should eat all the time to lose weight. Well, how do you think that's going to actually happen? <laughs> How do you lose weight while you're eating? While you're eating, your body is busy storing calories. You will never lose weight while you're eating. You can only lose weight when you don't eat because that is the point where your body is going to transition into using those calories. So it's like, why would you do that? So absolutely, the the, the way we eat is more ingrained in us. And that's one of the things that fasting helps us. Is it helps you break all those sort of habits and say, well, I can, I can actually now do a healthier habit because I have an issue like a health issue, like, you know, obesity or type two diabetes that now I can use that as a tool to get healthier. And final question, if people are listening in and think they want to try some uh, intermittent fasting, is it important to do it in conjunction with a health professional, such as a dietitian or a doctor or someone who can guide them along the way? Somebody who can guide them along the way. Absolutely. If you if you have medications, I mean, certain people really shouldn't try any long fast. Like if you're a child or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding or malnourished or something, people on medications, of course, should always talk to their doctor before changing their diet. Uh, that's just in general, and that this 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 uh, it helps. I mean, um, one of the big problems though is a lot of health professionals don't know anything about fasting, like. You know, I'm a doctor, and I'll tell you that when I started talking about it six, seven years ago, like virtually zero people knew anything about what happened, like doctors, I mean, and dietitians. They had all these old preconceived notions that you should eat all the time and so on. So just keep in mind that if you do talk to a doctor or dietitian, there's a good chance that may, they may not know or agree with you, but 
you know, it always is important to one, make sure that you're, you're, you know, if you don't feel well, that you stop, right? That's the number one rule. If you're having problems, always talk to somebody, get the right information before you start so that you don't get yourself into trouble. Um, you know, and the whole point is that you don't have to jump in and do like, you know, long extended fast. You can simply go like 14 hours and say, I'm going to start with what every single person did without thinking about it in the 1970s, which is I will eat di you know, dinner at six. I will eat breakfast at eight. I will eat lunch at 12, no snacks, no, um, you know, no bedtime snacks, nothing in between. That's perfectly acceptable. That was a totally normal diet that virtually everybody in the Western world followed for decades without a problem. You could simply start there because unfortunately that's quite different than the way that most of us eat right now. So you don't have, like you can build yourself and then, okay, this is week one. I'm going to do three meals a day, no snacks. Week two, I'm going to amp it up a bit. I'll push back my breakfast a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. So you, you always stay safe. I think that's the most important message, whether you do it yourself or whether you do it with, with a professional, stay safe. Yeah, I think, and it's one, you know, from my own perspective at clients, one of the big things we do at clients is we implement initially a 12-12 rule and then a 14-10 yeah, rule. So 12-12 is within 12 hours and it just puts people on track. It gets them to, you know, some structure in their day in terms of their food. And like in a previous episode that we recorded, it's the quality of those calories and that they eat low glycemic index calories that are really healthy. And that's the biggest, one of the biggest, simplest changes we make with our clients is exactly that. It's, it's bringing us back to kind of the 1950s, how we used to eat, having, you know, a slightly longer period in around that 12 hours and then eating within 12 hours. And they find that really, really works for them. Some of them will go, you know, to 14, 10, there, thereabouts. It depends on the person. But uh, and it's great to get somebody on just to chat about intermittent fasting to kind of expand it a little bit. And somebody like yourself who's so passionate about it too. If people want to find out more about yourself or about intermittent fasting that, that you do, where can they find you? Yeah, you can go to my uh, website, which is thefastingmethod.com. You can also find me on YouTube under uh, Jason Fung. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under it's uh, at Dr. Jason Fung. That's Dr. Jason Fung. Um, so any of those are fine. And, and you know... We also have several books I've written about that, The Obesity Code, The Complete Guide to Fasting, which are good resources for people if they want to have a look. Fantastic. Dr. Jason Fung, as ever, it's been fascinating to have you on the show, a true expert. You're very passionate about what you do, and it's great to get content and tips and tools from you. Folks, a really interesting episode today. I really hope that you enjoyed it. It'll, it'll clarify what intermittent fasting is and why it is beneficial for you too. As ever, you know where we are. It's realhealth.independent.ie, at CarlHenryPT on Twitter and on Instagram. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.